Good morning, everyone. This is Chris Sarda at Casson Comics on Instagram and Twitter, and of course here where you're watching me. Uh, this is the the Sunday morning comic book church thing I'd been trying to do a few months ago. Of course, probably not smart to start that idea when my wife was like weeks away from giving birth. So uh, I'll you know I'll do my best to come on on. Sunday mornings, uh, talk a little comics, just do, just trying to be, do something consistent. Uh, as probably a lot of you realized, I was uh, really prolific on this channel last week. I don't know why I'm like, I'm doing this again, by the way, in a transition because I'm starting a new job tomorrow. So there's a good chance I won't have time for any of this crap anymore. But um, hey, I, uh, I guess that's just the way my mental state is. Uh, I, I don't know if I can, I mean, I, I shouldn't say I don't know if I can stay as prolific. There's no way. History would tell you that I cannot stay as prolific and that uh, I will go sometimes two or three weeks without even posting a video, let alone, you know, some weeks where I post seven. Um, but I do have things, ideas and stuff that I'd, I'd want to do uh, all in this non-edited, lazy sort of conversational manner. Uh, but uh, nonetheless, there are those things. Uh, Perry is here. Good morning, uh, Coffee Perry. I, for you though, it's it's already eleven a.m. So uh, it's eight a.m. over here. So anyway, this is uh, Sunday morning church. I just I'll just have a few things to talk about unboxings and and uh, and talk to the chat and whatnot. Um, I will start with uh, stuff that came in that I showed on. Uh, a little bit of it on Instagram. The other day I went, uh, so I quit my job. <coughs> I mean, I gave the two weeks or whatever, but Friday was my last day, but I had like sort of buttoned most stuff up. And uh, and so I was like, I'm just going to take, my other job would have just paid me, but this job was like, well, you could take your vacation time if you want to leave early. Um, so I did do that. I took like three hours or something like that. And um and uh, I, I was actually sort of bored. I went to one comic store, but there's not a lot of hunting going on, especially when you've been to all these stores a bunch. And uh, and I went to found a record store, and I forgot that this record store does have comics and has some like graphic novels for, for for pretty cheap. What does this thing say? When Dylan got a job, we stopped seeing Dylan. Now chaos is getting. Well, I have a job. I've always I've had a job since you've known me. I'm changing jobs, you know. So this uh, this new job might be. It's. I'll put it this way. It's the first job where I'm excited for it, and I'm. I'm a little bit worried about the challenges. Normally, I roll in and I I know what I need to know, but this job's like in like the energy industry, so it's a little bit like new. A lot of the stuff will be new to me. Um. Anyway, so I had the three hours. Uh, you know, I I left. I had the day. The babysitter was paid for for the kid. The other my other little boy was in 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 school. I didn't tell my wife shit because then she would have had to, she would have gave me a bunch of stuff to do for the day. I'd have had just like this list of errands. So it was just all quiet. And uh, I went to a comic store and then I went to a, uh, I went to the record store where I, uh, you know, records are overpriced if you're not buying them on the internet. So are comics really, but they have, um, they had a few things. So uh, I grabbed this book that I've been trying to read for a long time. Uh, it's also on Hoopla, but it was like $5.99. So this is the six gun number one. Um, for a lot of people, this is a height, like peak colon bun. Uh, came out a while ago, and there's a bunch of six guns out there. And, um, you know, it just looked 
it looks cool. I have an issue. So I, I have a lot of random issues of things that I'll just read them just to see if I like them. I did that with Usagi Ujimbo recently. And uh, and so I got six gun for $5.99. That was good. And then uh, I bought uh, two trades of Rachel Rising. So this is the first trade. And I've never read Rachel Rising. A lot of people, this is their favorite Ter Terry Moore book. Um, I'm like on volume five or six of uh, Strangers in Paradise. So um exactly so nice i have that run and it's signed yeah so i was just gonna say this one's signed too 64 page special noticed it when i showed it on a on ig he goes is that signed i was like holy shit it's signed it's signed oh man um the book that's out right now perry by terry moore that some people are talking about is serial so if you saw serial um that's uh that's his book out right now he's really famous for strangers in paradise uh, and then Rachel Rising and 10 Years are other uh, kind of books. He's like, has an element of slice of life in there. So I wanted to show that stuff really quick. And then uh, and then a couple other weird things that I, I got from Gmart. Not all of them are weird. But, um, you know, some people really liked Dead Day. Uh, I made sure I got the trade. Um, so who knows when I'll get around to it. Sometimes these, like just like comics, I get too many of them, and, and they start to they start to uh, get buried on the bookshelf instead of the boxes. Like I remember this got buried. I just grabbed it and read it. The man who effed up time. So a lot of people like that. So same idea. Aftershock is to me where probably like the easy trade choice because the twenty page books number ones are four ninety nine. So uh, good morning, Gore. How are you? Just uh, talked about, it's probably like more of a gore conversation. I just got Rachel Rising volume one and two for like four or five bucks at a record store. And then uh, it turns out, I mean, that could be all a lie, but I'm going to just trust that it turns out that one of them's uh, signed by Terry Moore. So Gore Vidal is a big, uh, big Terry Moore fan. And I think Rachel, except for Strangers in Paradise, I think Rachel Rising might be his favorite. So, or is up there. I won't make him, I won't make him rank his favorite. <clears throat> Terry Moore books. Uh, so I got American Ronin. I liked the first issue. Uh, this is definitely one where I was like, uh, I will read the first issue and then get the trade. Um, Sleepy Reader kept reading it and he liked it. So uh, that's reason enough. The, the fact that there is some hope for discussion somewhere in the world of YouTube or Twitter or whatnot is normally reason enough for me to read something. Um, with, you know, discussion with people I like to discuss things about so i'm not i'm not all the time like jumping on whether something's good or bad or like the thumbs up thumbs down sort of nature of comic book reviewing uh what the heck else did i get here um and i don't know why i bought this well i bought this trade because it was six dollars and fifty cents with the uh with the discount so it's retail 9.99 and then it was with the 35% off because I pre-ordered it was $6.50. So I got it anyway, but I actually bought three issues of this. So I got deeper into it. Um, so uh, I, I like this. We've talked a lot about this, that that the art is very animated, stylish, um, and probably too dark. And I've also posted on other social media, like a comparison of some of these panels with the digital panel, you know, with the backlight behind it. And it, it makes a lot of those colors pop a lot more. Uh, I like the concept of it. 
it seems like it may have been going a little bit too slow for some people. Um, and here's Rick Remender doing a, you know, so just a, having a disgusting protagonist, essentially. I mean, this this fell off. It felt like the, a lot of people were talking about this, right? And I, I, my feeling is that not a lot of people got to issue five on it. Um, but uh, it was the talk of the town, as is often the case when something's the number one. Right. Um, Morrison Hotel. I try to grab the cool stuff. Uh, oh, look at that. Well, I'm already deep into Strangers in Paradise, but I recommend reading Rachel Rising before Stranger, uh, Strangers in Paradise for those new to the Moore universe. I find that happens too, like <clears throat> the classic work, right, that made someone famous. Sometimes that later work, even though it's not as popular, is better because the writer is able to take all those things that really grabbed or hit people uh, in their classic work uh, and uh, and and really knock some of those themes or, or some of those concepts out of their park. And we always forget that secondary work. Um, not always, but we often do. Uh, there's a Morrison Hotel. So that's a graphic novel of Morrison Hotel and the Doors. Um, it looks like there's a, it looks like it does a few other things in there, but, uh, I like grabbing the music stuff. So, and it's C2 comics. So I've had a, a good experience, even though it's been a limited experience in them. And I'm not sure how autobiographical this is and how, uh, or how story-based it is. So we will, we will find, we will find out. Uh, 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 and then... I got, this is, uh, makes it easier to cover by when you're, when you're pre-ordering because they come out to like, through Gmart, they come out to like $2.50 each. Um, so there's the, there's the alien black cover. Maybe one day someone will jump on. Hey, John, how you doing? Good morning to you. Um, so like I said, it's a lot easier when it's, uh, you're pre-ordering and they're like $2.50. Um, I could do stupid things like, and then I'm not in a hurry to have them in my hand, right? And read them because we're on YouTube or whatever. So I did get most of these uh, variants for Alien Number One, and it was only an okay book. Um, but you know, it makes it easier. I caught a lot. I caught a lot of last night's show. Man, I looked at, you know, Best Picture. Best picture. Uh, so what Gore Vidal was talking about last night is if you guys jump on John's uh, John's Comics with Kids channel, um, they did a they do a drinks and movies all the time, and they did the best Oscar winning movies, and um, so I went and looked real quick to see like what what some of mine would be, and I actually need to get the full one. I'm curious about how much uh, Bearded Comic Bro and John agreed on, but I would imagine a big chunk. You could agree on a big chunk because what like what's going to be on there after 1975, you know, maybe like, um, I, I can think of a few things that might be on there, but the vast majority is going to be post 75. Um, and then some of them get really clear, you know, so I'm, I'm real curious how much they agreed with, uh, at the end of the day, I do have to go back around and, and do that. I, I think silence of the lambs would probably might be my favorite of the list of actual winners. But what was happening is I went to go look real quick and then all I just kept seeing is the runners up. And and so often I just like prefer the runner up in a lot of those uh, in a in a lot of the uh, the Oscar winners. Um, 
what else do we get? And then, uh, man, I'm so lost in Star Wars. I keep buying them and I don't know where I put them. So I'm going to just jump back on. I haven't read any of these since maybe issue three. So I'm going to jump back on on this War of the Bounty Hunters thing. That seems pretty interesting. It's a bunch of bounty hunters trying to get. They're transporting because where the comics are right now is in between Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. So there's no Han Solo in, the, in these books, right? Except he's in Carbonite. So the premise of the War of the Bounty Hunters is actually pretty cool. You know that Boba Fett's going to win to some extent. But all these bounty hunters are fighting over Han Solo in the Carbonite um, because the comics are set in between, right? So you, you have to have all these stories that happen up to the point that Leia and, and everyone infiltrate Jabba's palace and, and get Han, right? So I thought that was pretty... I think I thought that was a pretty clever way to to do the comics is have this huge war of bounty hunters and they're all after Han Solo's Carbonite, uh, Han Solo in Carbonite because it's worth so much money. But it's it's really weird to have the Star Wars titles without Han Solo in them. Um, for the most part, for what I read, it seemed like Lando was taking over the like the attitude of Han Solo, like the I'm a pirate smuggler attitude. So um, that's cool. Then it it worked for the three issues that I read. Uh, Carnage, Black, White, and Blood. It's just hard not to buy stuff like this for me. I'm a child of the 90s, and we'll talk about a little bit about Carnage in a little bit. And then um, then the other only other thing, there's another Star Wars book in there, and then a, a King and Black Cover. Um, I'm, I'm disappointed that people didn't jump on this a little bit more. I thought it was very cool. In my head, and I like Firepower, and reading Invincible, by the way, made me realize that I will probably like Firepower a lot more um, uh, I mean, they're both Kirkman, right? And Invincible reads so quickly, I can find myself, I started thinking that if I were reading Invincible the way I'm reading Firepower, like every month, I've switched to trade on Firepower, but every month, um, that I probably wouldn't have liked Invincible in, in 20, 2005 or whenever it came out. Um, but anyway, comparing this to Firepower is it's, uh, I think the art's a little bit better, a little bit more detailed, and it's the whole Kung Fu shtick, right? Um, it's a little bit less you know, Kung Fu in suburbia uh, and, and James Stokoe is just amazing. Like that's, that's just the way I want my art to look. I mean, it, for those that aren't familiar with them, a little bit of, um, oh, I forget his name, Darcy Van Polgies wrote Little Bird, but I forget the name of the artist, you know, that, that, that same um, cartoonist, but super, super detailed backgrounds that I like. So, um, and then <coughs> I did get these, too. So I just saw this was an indie book um, and it was a uh, $6.99. So I picked it up. But what it really is, is and this is like from previews, right? It was in previews. It's just like a poem book with some art in it. So uh, we'll see if those poems are good. Poems are hard. And I dropped it on the floor. Are hard to enjoy. And then uh, one of the reasons I, I take a lot more time on um, in those back green pages is that I feel like I could find stuff like this. There's actually a ton of uh, really good nonfiction graphic novels out there, um, you know, like uh, uh, Paying the Land. There's one particular journalist cartoonist that's uh, really good, and Gore will probably yell out his name in a minute, uh, that I can't remember. I have Paying the Land, a couple other things. Um, but if you look in the green pages, you find great stuff like this. This is Tamba Child Soldier. Uh, I read about 20 pages of this, and uh, I know it's going to be heart-wrenching. Um, and you already know what it's about. It's about a child soldier and that, that, that kid's life. Um, 
uh, going through. And I do, I don't think it's, ba I think it's based on a true story in the sense that there's a lot of these stories, um, uh, much like home that will come out an image that's uh, starting to stir up a lot of controversy. I think we'll hear a lot more about that controversy coming up, you know, much like home, which is about, um, you know, a Hispanic family trying to cross the border and uh, you know, the, the way the child stuff works into that. Um, uh, it is not based on a true story. It's based on a lot of true stories kind of thing. So um, that, the home topic I should have been prepared for right now because we were talking about that on the comic burrito um, discord. So that's actually something that'd be interesting to talk about maybe next Sunday. We'll see. Uh, but Tomba child soldier looks good. And the art looks, um, looks solid. It does have, uh, it does have a little bit drier look to it. Um, but it, uh, reading it, it was, uh, it read easy. It read nice. So, um, I doubt, you know, this is something that's probably going to be uh, heart wrenching. Um, let's see, uh, on silence of the lambs. Let's see here. Feast, which one for best foreign film are two of my favorites. Well, that, that, this is one of the disappointing things is that best foreign film doesn't pop up there. And we're, we're having to look at it very differently because Minari this year has, you know, has a decent chance of winning. It was a little bit better earlier in the year and now people have dropped it down a bit. Um, but that is definitely American film, but like 80% in Korean. And then of course, last year, Parasite actually won and won foreign film. So I always, I mean, this is like the snooty hipster thing to say, but I always say like, we should look at both of those, both of, but we're American, right? But both of those um, Oscar, list of Oscar nominees should be at the top. Like they, we should care about both of them. I understand separating them, uh, especially to give foreign movies a, a, a bigger focus but it shouldn't be down there by like best visual effects because very, very often the best movie of the year is in that foreign category. Um, but we're, we're loosening up on those. Uh, Gore always says important stuff. Crying both men and women in tears in their eyes. There's a, there's been a lot of those movies. And with that said, sometimes the foreign movies, sometimes the foreign, a lot of European movies don't end, but that's a different conversation. Uh, Tomba child soldier looks interesting. Yeah, I hope so. Um, the nineties. Yeah, for sure. And then that was, that's a movie, um, Hotel Rwanda is a movie that probably should have, uh, won a little bit more awards than it did. Uh, but it's still, uh, retained its, uh, its popularity. Um, and then the, I think I'm going to start, I don't have Lone Wolf and Cup here. Oh, I do. So I think, uh, this is not something that'll pop up tomorrow, but I've been reading a lot more manga. So I'm pretty deep in Lone Wolf and Cub now. I mean, in the first omnibus, well, about halfway, give or take. So I'm at um, uh, chapter nine. Um, and then Akira, I just got number one, that colored version, but I want to make sure that I had the, the black and white stuff too. And then I'm also reading just stuff that looks cool. Like, I mean, this will be an anime soon. This will be the first manga I'm reading ahead of the anime coming out. And then I have another uh, list of stuff that, you know... Uh, I'm trying to mix the classics and the thing that looks cool. And then the thing that looks weird, like manga is very special that uh, it's, it's really big. So you have way more genres than we even do in Western comics. Like I literally read, I reviewed it a few weeks ago or a few days ago. I literally read a book about monsters, the linguistics of monsters, right? Like that's the kind of thing that, that manga will do. So anything weird, anything that looks cool and classic, I'm going to read a little bit more and I'll probably like, 
record the reviews and just have them come out on Monday and then just try to get like a bank of them or something like that. Uh, I do want to like separate that a little bit, um, especially since I'm a not, you know, I mean, I've read a lot, I've read, been reading manga my whole life, but I'm not like a manga reader. So I, there's a lot that I, I leave hanging out there. So what's up, Fable? One of the, uh, I mean, he's definitely not new, but there seems to be a group uh, of people and uh, they all use the hashtag uh, uh, backlog bros that have been uh, wonderful people in the community, just uh, going hard, promoting, uh, having fun. Uh, Travis at TM Nerdy is another one that's just showed up over the last few months and 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 has been going strong. So, uh, relative, I, I don't want to call them new. Relative Fable's been around for a while, but relatively new, um, but uh, making their um, making their presence felt in a very positive manner. So very cool, very cool guys out there. Um, Lone Wolf that I've read and it's fantastic. So I think it's fantastic too, but I do, there is a lot to say about it as far as like reading the thing that has influenced so many things, but then reading it 30 years later or 40 years later in the case of Lone Wolf and Cub, you know, like me reading it now today and the way you have to read that to, to give it the proper respect and not just, uh, you know, because it could feel derivative when you're reading it later, if that makes any sense. And it, obviously it's not derivative. Everything is derivative of that. So, um, hey, and TK's here. Welcome, TK. I got a, I, I feel like the, I feel like my bell might be gone because TK's show, unless you guys haven't been doing it, used to always pop up and uh, I would like watch it uh, with him and uh, him and Mo all the time. And I feel like it doesn't pop up as much. It would like pop up like while I was at work since they're on the East Coast and whatnot. And I don't feel like I've seen it in a while. So I got to go check that out. Um, swear to God, I didn't unsub you, TK. I still love you. If you've been doing that show all the time and I haven't been popping in, it's YouTube's fault. I swear to God, still love you, even though you're a Batman fan. Um, the child still, yeah. I, I mean, lone lone wolf and the child it's a uh, it's uh, it's very clever individual chapters are very clever and there's a, a lot of stoicism built into that all of that oh the mad respect good horror fantasy series so i if it looks cool i mean the thing with manga is that anyone could just show, show up and just like you could just shoot a whole bunch of manga and i horror fantasy is probably my uh my uh area that i would like you know this is Probably, I would say this is action horror. There's some body horror in it and stuff, and um, and and it, like it sort of fits. It's like the part of my brain that's Spawn and Venom, and not so much the part of my brain that's Hemingway and whatnot. So, hey, look, TM Nerdy's here. I just said all this nice stuff about you, and you show up right afterwards. Station, so Fable, tell him I said a bunch of nice stuff about him. <coughs> um, and then uh, uh, I guess the. I guess the last few things, I don't know how I'll do this part. I don't want this to be necessarily a, normally I might talk about like Winter Soldier or something like that, but I haven't been able to watch it yet. Um, but just like some news that I guess grabbed me, uh, I, I will normally try to do more controversial stuff or like the wider news. But the stuff that, that really grabbed me, I guess, is where I am right now in uh, Venom and uh, and what Cates is doing and sort of the, the dot 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 boring ending not boring but you know left left us with a lot of plot lines open 
Um, and so I have no idea what's going to happen with Venom, but we do know what's going to happen with Carnage. Philip Kennedy Johnson is um, is writing this uh, extreme Carnage semi event, I guess, a series of one shots. And it looks like what he's it looks like where they're headed is making a lot of the the minor symbiotes that that have been around and, and have done different levels of been different levels of bad and good like Venom himself are going to make them sinister again. Um, so that looks really cool. And Philip Kennedy, Philip Kennedy Johnson's the, uh, a great guy to, to write that, you know, I, I just, uh, I feel like I feel the star power of Donny Cates is maybe what kept Benham, uh, above the water and, and gave him his, his couple years of what I feel like is bigger than Spider-Man fame. I mean, there has not been a Spider-Man, you know, huge Spider-Man multi- you know, multi-title crossover in a while. One that uses, you know, Captain America, that uses all the A and B list guys. And Venom's now had two, um, at, you know, uh, Absolute Carnage and of course, King of Black that just ended. So I don't know what Marvel's going to do with it. Donny Cates seemed to to leave an, and I haven't read Venom 200 yet, but seemed to leave an OP Venom out there. Uh, OP meaning overpowered, of course. And uh, and there's not, I'm not really going to spoil anything you know, Venom wins. I don't know if you guys would have figured that out, but um, so I guess that's a spoiler to some extent. And now you're in the situation where uh, you, I mean, you have a bunch of symbiotes and Venom apparently has defeated Null. So I don't know what they're going to do with Venom, but they're starting to play with some of his, uh, some of his side characters a little bit. And uh, I think what's really going to grab me more is who's writing or drawing them. Uh, at the end of the day, you need someone drawing those symbiotes cool I, I mean it sounds shallow but it's todd mcfarlane and and you know todd mcfarlane brought a real you know he todd mcfarlane what he took away from like the neil adams and jack kirby uh you know be a great artist and no anatomy what he took away from that you know he added in crazy action and 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 wild splash pages and stuff so you got to sort of you know, take both of them in and uh, if that's what Venom was made to do, that's what he should continue to do, as should all the symbiotes. So Extreme Carnage is um, something I'm interested in. But, I mean, what do you do with Venom here? He's going to be too OP, and who's going to take him over? Like Jason Aaron? Is Jason Aaron going to do it? That's about the only guy that uh, I can think uh, could do Venom uh, good. I mean, a lot of people could probably write Venom well, but could do good for Venom as far as, like, retain his popularity at a certain level. Um, and with that said, Donny Cates is also moving on. I keep saying he's going to do Amazing Spider-Man. I don't know whether that's true or not. I don't think that's coming up so much. Um, uh, but obviously, he's he wants to do that way before uh, he leaves, or he's never going to leave, but way before his like exclusive contract ends. Perhaps they'll keep him around, but I, I know he has designs to, to write a Batman book, too. So if he's going to write Amazing Spider-Man, it's not... It's not his secret book he's talking about. A lot of people think the secret book he's talking about is Moon Knight, since that's been announced. Um, I don't see how you would announce a Moon Knight comic and not attach Donny Cates' name to it. So there's another part of me that thinks it's not Moon Knight at all. Uh, but we'll see. Like, who who else could he really write? Like, is he going to take over the Avengers? We already know that even he doesn't think he can write a team book very well. Um you know, the, being the Inhumans book that he wrote. I like the Inhumans book, and I didn't finish Guardians of the Galaxy, so that's telling. But I don't remember not liking it. I just thought it was okay. 
Um, and I just didn't, I just stopped reading it. I kept buying it and collecting it and I just, you know, got behind it and read it. So maybe, I mean, maybe he isn't a good writer because it didn't, it wasn't the book I was grabbing first, you know? So I, I can't imagine what he could actually be writing. I mean, there's off the other big characters that Donny Cates that are big enough that Donny Cates can bring to the next level with his own star power um, are, you know, like Silver Surfer, maybe. I, he, everyone loves Silver Surfer Black. Uh, that's arguably his best work at Marvel, some people think. So Silver Surfer could be it. Um, and he can be, you know, step back into that, uh, that cosmic world that for some, some thought he was going to end up being the showrunner of it when he was doing Guardians. Um, so there's a lot of open stuff. I just don't think it's going to be Amazing Spider-Man yet. Um, but uh, I, I would be excited for someone like Cates to write Amazing Spider-Man, so long as you stay away from his tweets, because he's such a, a huge marketer, you know. Um, let's see what you guys are saying. Yeah, Cates sells books. Yeah, to some extent, him, some extent he's the, a child of Todd McFarlane that can also write. You know, Todd McFarlane's never been known as a great writer. Cates, at the very least, you know, knows how to make a beginning, middle, and an end, uh, knows how to market his books and knows how to uh, put these exciting moments that gets reader that get readers that come back, you know, and um, and that's me saying that in a you know knowing that Gore Vidal is not the biggest Kate's fan, doesn't hate him either. I'm not trying to put words in his mouth. Doesn't hate him either, but isn't the hugest Kate's fan. Um, uh, just thinks he's a solid writer. Gore Vidal's uh, um, compared him to uh, Jeff Johns before, which I think is a reasonable uh, a reasonable. Um, comparison, just different parts of their career. Jeff Johns, remember, was at a super high in the 90s. Um, so uh, let's see. I'd love to see Stegman uh, do some art on it, more indies. Yeah, I think he has something going on um, with Donny Cates on an indie. So uh, I haven't listened to their podcast in a while. They used to talk about it a lot. So we'll see. And uh, he's definitely a hype man. I, I mean, uh, John, if you're still on, I don't know when you put that comment. If you're still on, do you think, I mean, do you think we'll get uh, Donny Cates' Amazing Spider-Man? I, I don't see how it can't happen. I, not that it's going to happen in June or July, but I mean, it's got to happen before he, before his, um, his, his uh, contract where he's exclusive to Marvel uh, happens. I mean, I don't see how I don't see how you don't put Donny Cates on Amazing Spider-Man. I just don't get it. I wouldn't see it. Uh, Cates doing a solo Nova book could be good. Uh, I absolutely agree with that, Eric. And um, if if the thing that he's working on is Silver Surfer, a, a new Silver Surfer ongoing, then I I definitely see that because Thor, this this arc of Thor has not been cosmic, but the first one has, and we're told that the the Black Winter or whatever it is. The Dark Winter is coming again. It's not over, um, you know, and they had designs to put him at the cosmic world when Guardians was going. And uh, um, and why wouldn't he do a Nova book? You know, the, <laughs> the only thing um, that would be funny about the Nova book, if you read Guardians of the Galaxy, he definitely had a um, uh, he definitely had the, the Guardians have a very anti cop stance. This is pre pandemic pre that being cool. So him doing a Nova book would be interesting. It'd be like, um, you know, like a socialist doing a Captain America book or something, you know? So uh, Chad's here. What's up, Chad? Is it Chad or is it Fish Cat Comics? You got to choose. You got to choose, Chad. What's going on here? Um, the Norman Mailer of comics. Oh, advertisements of myself. 
Let's uh, let's be clear for those that are less, and I'm not super well read in literature, certainly not like Gore Vidal here, but he's named himself after the writer Gore Vidal. And if I remember correctly, Gore Vidal did not have a, a, a very good opinion of Norman Mailer, but I may be, I may be wrong. Uh, when you're reading Palimpsest, uh, it's, it's not his opinions of writers that the thing you remember. Uh, Gore Vidal's book Palimpsest is what I'm talking about. I think it would definitely get his ASM, but it doesn't seem like it's the right time. Uh, so, I mean, for ASM, I think it's the right time. Any, I think any time is the right time right now to move on from Nick Spencer. Not because Nick Spencer's not good, but he that might be the best book out there. I'm not saying it is or isn't. That might be the best book out there, but the simple fact is, is that uh, Nick Spencer hasn't excited anyone about it. And that's like the Marvel character. You know what I mean? Like Spider-Man should be right up there. With, we should be talking about Spy a Amazing Spider-Man and Batman, which one beat each other in sales and they're only a few thousand off or something like that. And that's not the case. Then again, Batman has the opposite or DC has the opposite problem, right? Batman is so popular. He's just flooding the market. And about sixty percent of their titles, you know, have some real, some direct relation to Batman. Um, oh, Grant, yeah, but Grant is a Grant is prolific not only in his writing, um, not only in his talking to media, but also in his reading. So Grant's a little bit different. Like he literally reads. Damn it, they literally read everything. Don't get me stuck in the Grant Morrison stuff. So Grant Morrison, they literally read everything. When you I've heard people go up and talk, Donnie Cates included, talk about Grant Morrison and, and Cates will go, I mean, that guy, that guy is literally read, reads everything. He knows what's coming out in books. I mean, he would be the, alt, they would be the ultimate YouTube channel. So Taki's here. What's up, Taki? And Mailer took a strong anti-feminist stance in the 70s railing against, yeah. It's amazing what some of these left, like writers that we uh, consider left then, um, in today's environment don't seem like that so much um there was another writer we were talking about too but we'll we won't get into literature talk here and then the last the only uh and then the last thing i wanted um to talk about is uh basically just how excited i am for um fantastic four life story i don't think i've ever been excited for a fantastic four book in my life i'm really surprised that they're just not letting uh, Chip Starsky write all the life stories since it was his concept to begin with that, uh, that it, it's his shtick. Um, I would be, I think that there's so much uh, support for Chip Zdarsky to write the, the actual Fantastic Four and Dan Slott is Marvel through and through. I mean, he's like, you know, that guy at your job that's just been there so long and maybe the job's passed him by and he can do some things, but he's been there 30 years and uh, I know the idea is that corporations will fire those people still, and maybe sometimes they will. But in a lot of cases, that guy just gets to stay there. I feel like Dan Slott's going to be that guy at Marvel. He's never going to leave, and they're always going to have work for him. He's always going to write something. Um, but the only reason I could think why you wouldn't have Zdarsky write Fantastic Four Life Story is uh, is because it'll just throw shade on, on Dan Slott's book. Um, but uh, I think a lot of people are clamoring for a Zdarsky Fantastic Four. What we do get, though, is something very interesting. Mark Russell writing this, you know, the Fantastic Four in a live story con uh, concept um, is going to be, uh, is I think has a chance to be very, um, not earth shattering, but can, will probably cause a lot of controversy. 
in our little comic community, which is good because uh, Mark Russell has a very certain style and his whole second coming book. The reason it's not a Superman book is because DC was so afraid of, of, sh of showing Superman in that light. Um, but we're going to get Fantastic Four in a very uh, liberal leaning, economically liberal leaning light. So I hope uh, everyone's read Flintstones. At least you would get to, you you'd figure out what you're going to get from from Fantastic Four. But uh, it's still very weird because you're going to layer on that Mark style Russell of writing to a concept that is was very particular. It's almost like a a review of your favorite properties of your favorite properties like history. You know, in this concept that it happened in the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s, and the 2010s. But now you're going to have this Mark Layer Russell over it, so or Mark this layer of Mark Russell style over it, which uh, which makes me excited because you're going to see like the 60s the way they should be portrayed, you know, from a civil rights movement uh, point of view, almost for sure. You know, in the 70s is going to be very Vietnam based. I'm just guessing. I just know Mark Russell that well, so um, that that excites me too to see it that way. I don't. I think the life story concept didn't really get started though before you started playing with it with a writer like Mark Russell. So, um, uh, everyone's saying each other's names. Let's see. First Fantastic Mark in a while. So for me, it's the first Fantastic book I'm ever excited for. I'm not a big Fantastic Four guy. I know Robbie is. Robbie's huge on it. So, uh, anyway, guys, I am going to. I know most people don't care about this, but I'm gonna. I'm hopping off soon, and I do another stream. <coughs> with uh, friends of mine. This is like, it's supposed to be a sports channel, but it's become sort of an MMA channel. Um, but we're going to talk about the fights that happened yesterday. Uh, and I will be doing that probably in about 20 minutes. So it's my, these are not comic book friends. They're my um, sport meathead friends. So Ashton and Wayne, um, that channel will do a lot more. Um, oh, what did I just drop? Did I drop? Yeah, I did drop the, just in case I'm going to drop it again. I think it's the same link, but, um, that channel is supposed to do a lot more uh, sports stuff, but because my friend Ashin is very, um, you know, he'll push me to make sure I do these streams. And he's, uh, he's very much an MMA guy, a little bit of a boxing guy too, but he doesn't watch like basketball or football or anything like that. So he's just a fight guy. So I'll be hopping on over there. If you guys want to say hi for a minute, that's cool. I mean, if you're not an MMA fan, you're not going to like it. So uh, don't, don't worry about it. Just let people know. And uh, I'm gonna end this here, and we'll see. We'll see how I do this Sunday morning church thing. I'm gonna do my best to um, be a little bit, have one thing that's consistent, and then you know, do whatever else I want. Otherwise, I was very prolific this week. For some reason, I'll try to put all that stuff in a uh, in, in a playlist at least. And uh, and I will see most of you guys later in your videos. And uh, Gore, I'll see you in chats. Or actually, you do do some pretty cool videos at sometimes, right? Just not live. So um, thank you guys for hanging out. Uh, Taki, cool chaos. Thanks for streaming. I'm going to watch what I missed on the rewind. Yep. Just uh, me babbling and showing some cool stuff. Later, guys. Thank you guys for watching. And uh, whoever stops by on the other one, I'll see you guys and say hi to you there. Hasta la vista.